0: Presented by DogNation.com. This is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. I am not the first one to say this, but I have found this to be very true. Maybe you have there as well. That ultimately, we kind of define our life by moments that, you know, people have, I think, learned that, you know, spending money on experiences in a lot of ways is better than, say, you know, like a tangible item, like a nice watch or nice car, or something. Now, there's anything wrong with nice watches and nice cars, but experiences are the kinds of things that people seem to enjoy spending their money on. I know for me, I definitely enjoy that. I've got a vacation here coming up in a few days. I'm really excited about that. And when you think about the kinds of experiences they have, that it's not even. Sometimes it's the it's not the biggest thing from the vacation that you remember, or the biggest thing from Christmas that you remember. It's just kind of a small moment that kind of becomes the thing that sticks in your mind, and it's very difficult to know like how that came to be. You can't plan for it; it just kind of happens. And I think people who end up being happy in life are the kinds of people who make room for moments to just kind of occur. I don't mean I don't mean to be overly philosophical, but that's one of the things I think about from time to time. So my reason for bringing all this up is is that. When I look back on Georgia winning the national championship, I was very lucky. I got to be in Miami for the Orange Bowl, and I had a blast with that. I got to be very – I was also in Indianapolis for that uh, game, as cold as it was. What a great time that was on the field, around the stadium, all the cool stuff associated with that. But when I think about what that experience was like, living through that at the beginning of January and going on the road with the dogs and those two stops and, and, and being you know, a part of that, you know the stuff that I remember most are also, as I said before – they're kind of just sort of small moments and they're kind of weird and let me give you an example of one of these right quick so we were there for the parade and the celebration it's a very frustrating day because we had some you know so many people technology you know technological challenges and things like that didn't really get to present on video some of the stuff we wanted to do and I was very very frustrated with that but still I am a Georgia fan I've been waiting my entire life to to see George win a national championship and so I was trying to stay in the moment as aggravated as i was about some of the technical issues we were dealing with i was trying to stay in the moment and just kind of appreciate uh what was happening around me and so i was kind of standing there you know the dog walk at the end of the parade was kind of you know str- streaming by and you know a lot of players came by and, you know kind of you know give them the nod whatever else but it just so happened that at one point zamir white comes walking by and he's you know saying hello to a lot of fans around me and just one of those things where it just was like the timing was right the moment was right I was able to just kind of you know stick my hand out gave him the handshake and said hey congratulations on winning the national championship congratulations on a great season whatever it was i said very short this is a few seconds worth but the smile that zamir white had on his face was the kind of thing that i'll never forget because it was such a different side of zamir and it was just such a cool moment to be able to share. I don't have a photograph of it. I don't have a video of it. I don't have anything that would mark it other than my own memory of it. But Zamir was just beaming with this huge smile. And obviously, and you're watching a video, you know, uh, you see Zamir there doing some of the press conference stuff. You know, Zamir, I don't think ever really liked doing that very much. You know, does not like really talking to the media. Zamir is a guy, you know, the old Kirby Smart line about doing your talking with your helmet zamir white is the kind of guy who would be more than happy to let his helmet do the talking for the entirety of his football career he likes playing football i don't know that he necessarily likes talking about football and so therefore when you when you see him in rare appearances with reporters he's pretty reserved for the most part and if you see him on the sideline or if you see him you know, in a moment during a game in which you know the the game's on a break, I mean, he's got his game face on, man. I mean, you know, Zamir White is 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 a tough, tenacious competitor, and he does not turn that competitive edge down very uh, very frequently. This is a guy who's kind of, you know, the old line about uh, you know if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Zamir's one of those guys that just sort of stays ready and so to to be able to be in that moment and share that big smile handshake so gracious about everything you know loving with georgia fans uh kind to me there in that moment it's just one of those things that i just won't forget now my reason for bringing all this up is it's because Samir white uh, recently appeared on kind of a long form podcast interview former players chad ochocinco brandon marshall uh doing the uh, interview and uh zamir was there and i'm gonna put a link to this when i post the show at the worldfamousdognation.com because the full interview is worth your attention zamir gets into the the challenge the pressure of now moving on as a professional getting paid to play the game on a full-time basis now and hoping to provide for his family and all that kind of goes along with that that's an emotional side of zamir that's worth your attention but as i mentioned a moment ago for a guy like zamir who chooses his words carefully and oftentimes would rather just let the game speak for itself and maybe sometimes not talk to hear him in a long-form interview as he was recently in was actually pretty interesting As i said before it, it's worth your time to hear it and in light of the fact that i saw with my own eyes just how happy zamir was in the aftermath of coming to georgia and seeing that time at uga result in the national championship let me let you hear zamir with uh brandon marshall here on the uh on the subject of what the national championship meant to him i thought this was kind of a cool way to start our show today this is zamir white
1: zamir national championship huge man I like just being there like it. yeah I like just playing it like that feel like uh, like just finally getting there, finally like just going through all them workouts and just grinding it out, man. Like we finally did it and like my teammates was with me. So like we finally did it, man, and it was great. You said huge, what does that mean, huge, right? Really dive into that, bro. It's really like a national championship, man. Like, but that's something like we dreamed of like yeah like as kids, like just growing up, but like you're saying like guys like winning. Like you're saying um Bama winning. Um, them guys man, like and like just being there and like just seeing that and like just going through it so yeah like it's really hard hard like to like explain like okay but like I'm just blessed so I don't
0: have like a big strong opinion to share with you about that comment or anything else other than the fact that I'm glad he gets to say that because I do know how hard these guys work I mean I'm not there behind the scenes I'm not seeing on a daily basis but I have some idea because I've talked to other players about it I know what the grind is like and you know, there is this thought where you kind of want it all be worth it when it's all said and done. I asked John Stinchcomb about that on Monday. You know, John won a Super Bowl playing the New Orleans Saints, and you know it's possible to to play your entire career on a bad team. It's possible to work just as hard as the guys in the good teams, but not have it pay off in championship success. And. Listen, I don't know that makes you less of a player because of that, but it certainly makes your memories, I would say, go back to what you said a moment ago, the moments, the experiences that we want to have to define our life, I think it makes those maybe a little less than. And so the fact that, you know, Zamir White representing so many of these other Georgia players gets a chance to say, yeah, we did it. Sitting there amongst a bunch of other draft guys. And uh, he gets to be the guy that says, hey, I know what it feels like to win a national championship. I just thought that was a really cool thing. And so I'll put a link to the interview. You should check it out. Uh, you know, Zamir's not a guy that, that likes talking very much and probably doesn't like talking about himself very much really at all. But that's kind of a cool side of him. Now, let me shift gears here for a moment and do something totally different. So when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, and, you know, grandparents have a tendency to spoil their, you know, grandchildren, whatever else. I think, you know, one of the ways in which maybe my grandparents kind of spoiled me was, for the most part, on TV, they sort of just sort of let me watch whatever I wanted to watch. Now, we didn't have, like, you know, like the cable stuff and things like that. This is kind of, you know this is kind of before that became, you know, all that common necessarily. But I did kind of watch, you know, a lot of network television shows, things like that. And so because of that, I was a weird child probably. And I was probably more interested in like adult TV shows than I was kid TV shows. And there was a a TV show that I used to love. My grandfather was a police officer. So anything related to like police procedurals, things like that, um, anything related to that, I just always really loved. As a kid, I was really into that. I didn't always understand all the plot points because I was too young to understand them, but just the idea that I was getting to watch a show that was kind of more more made for adults, I just always really enjoyed that. So for those of you who are kind of a certain age, do you remember the show Hill Street Blues? Now, as I said before, I was a small child when Hill Street Blues was on television, and I probably didn't have the attention span to watch the entirety of the show, But I love the way that it started because you had like the police captain, whatever it was, and he's up there doing the briefing session and he's kind of telling everybody about everything. And then he would have this kind of catchphrase there at the end of his little spiel, and that would roll into the opening song for Hill Street Blues, which I still think is maybe among the best opening credit type songs in 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 tv history let me give you just kind of a small snippet of this and i promise you i'm going somewhere with this but for those of you may remember this is the way the old tv show about police uh hill street blues used to start remember this all right that's it let's roll hey let's be careful out of so there's never a bad reason to play a little bit of the hill street blues theme song i just love that But it's the catchphrase there at the beginning that I want to kind of bring to your mind here for a moment. Hey, let's be careful out there. Let's be careful out there. That's what the police captain guy used to always say in the briefing session to the officers before they went out about their uh, day. But I also think from time to time, (laughs) we have to do a little bit of a reminder about here of, hey, y'all, let's be careful out there. Because we are in that time of year where the appetite for college football information does not go down. But the availability of college football information is pretty low right now and there's always going to be people who try to step into the gap for the to satisfy the appetite for information when the availability of information is uh not very high we are in kind of prime college football rumor season i don't know and i I sort of feel like the 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 thing that counts as a college football rumor is getting more and more shaky by the day like i feel like we're seeing a good number of college football fans getting drawn off sides by things they probably shouldn't get drawn off sides by and listen i don't take myself too seriously i don't think of myself as fact check guy or you know uh, I, don't, I don't think of my role as combating misinformation like i'm not i don't take myself seriously like that but i i do consume a lot of college football news and i do think that it's fairly easy to spot a rumor that's probably not worth your attention. So can we spend a couple of seconds here telling us all how we can all be careful out there and not kind of fall prey to just some of the very odd rumors that I believe uh, have gotten more attention than they deserve a- as of late. Let me show you this tweet on the screen here. It comes from a sports radio station near Clemson. It's called ESPN Upstate. Uh they had a guest recently on the show. His name is Brent Beard. He's a uh, radio host i don't know him personally but i've seen his name you know as a radio host for a long time so he's interviewed on the show one of their shows uh, local shows there, espn upstate this is near clemson in south carolina and so the t's they have but the guest is that one school starts with an a the other starts with a t arch manning seems poised to pick one of these two schools according to Heisman voter Brent Baird. Now, if you click the link, listen to the interview, what you find out is that Brent Baird says that he thinks it's down to Alabama or Texas for, uh, for you know, for uh, for for Arch Manning, the uh, five star quarterback for the class of 2023. Now, it is not my job here and my, my intent here to disparage Brent Baird because I don't know him from anybody. But here's what I can tell you. If there is big news to be had on the Arch Manning front Y'all, do you think it's going to be broken by ESPN upstate in South Carolina? I mean, come on now. We we, we can we can all kind of have a sense of this. And what happens is so the radio station tweets this out and some of the websites that kind of chronicle tweets and kind of keep track of some of the rumors and, and viral things around college football. Now they write about this and they all kind of use the same peg to justify writing the story, which is, hey, a Heisman voter said this. Well, ask yourself a question. What does being a Heisman voter have to do with an Arch Manning recruiting rumor? Like, if, if if that's the claim that validates the rumor, if that's the credential that validates the rumor, does that make any sense whatsoever? I mean, uh, uh, does that make any sense in to whatsoever? No, this is not because... Uh, I want Arch Manning to go to Georgia, and I therefore I'm mad that you know this uh, radio host out of the state of Alabama goes in a radio station in South Carolina and says that Arch Manning's not coming to UGA. That's not really what this is about. Now, my common sense would tell me that we we have video as recently as a couple of weeks ago of Matt Luke, Kirby Smart. Todd and Buster Faulkner all being on hand for a basketball game uh, that Arch Manning is playing, that if that was just a couple of weeks ago, the idea that in the time since then that uh, George has been eliminated from this discussion, the idea of that happening so quickly doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but beyond that, just consider the source here for a moment, not to disparage ESPN upstate in South Carolina. I'm sure they serve their audience well, or the radio host that said this. But if there is big news to be broken on Arch Manning, it's not going to come from the shadow of Clemson, South Carolina on some AM radio station connected to do that. That's not likely to happen. And the reason why I bring that up is because once again, you see another rumor starting to percolate here, and it's another one of those things where you sort of have to consider the source or consider kind of the, the patient zero. Like, where does all this start? Let me give you another totally different example. There's a guy named Connor O'Gara. He is a writer for Saturday Down South, and for the most part, he is a columnist. Now, what it means is he shares his opinions for a living. And he recently wrote an opinion based piece regarding JT Daniels. Let me show you the uh, screenshot of this from Connor O'Gara. I've had him on SEC. July before. Uh, I don't know him well, but when I've had him on the show, I thought he was a pretty good dude. So Connor writes this. He says, this is not Connor Riley, our Connor. This is a different Connor. He says, Brian Harson must still coach like his job is on the line in 2022. What does that mean? He needs to go out and get JT Daniels. Folks, this is an opinion. And I read the column. It's kind of interesting. You know, I, I think that I, I don't necessarily agree with the premise but O'Gara argues this point just fine I I like opinion pieces I like sharing my own opinions that's just kind of way all of this goes but I knew what was going to happen that people would have a tendency to take what was an opinion piece based on nothing more than hey this is what I think should occur and they were going to get confused and turn this into news and somebody would try to step in the gap and try to you know build a brand on top of all this, and lo and behold, a few minutes later, pretty much the same thing happened. Let me show you this tweet from some guy. Uh, His name is Cowboy Juarez on Twitter. He says, the JT Daniels chatter to Auburn is real. (laughs) I'm being told Auburn reached out to his camp today. I understand Harson not wanting to pin his future on uh, the other quarterbacks who are there in the program. Uh, He says, and it may be worth the gamble to bring in JT Daniels. Now, here's the thing. There is no JT Daniels to Auburn chatter. There is a dude who wrote an opinion piece who said, I think that JT Daniels should go to Auburn. And suddenly in the crazy world of rumors that we live in, that gets turned into a thing. Now, listen, it's not my, I'm not trying to scold anybody or anything like that. Uh, I'm just trying to say that as the Hill Street Blues dude said, be careful out there. Don't get tripped up by every Arch Manning thing. Don't get tripped up by every JT Daniels thing. And we're kind of at a time now in college football where, we got transfer portal, we got NIL, we got all this crazy stuff going on. There's more fertile soil for crazy rumors than ever before. And, you know, listen, we all have been maybe you know confused by something in the past. I, I know that I have been there as well. I've been guilty of retweeting what turned out to be a fake tweet before. We, we've all, you know, kind of, you know, maybe had an example of that in the past. My point is, is in some cases, the fake news is actually a little easier to spot and i would say that these couple things are an example of that so as the hill street blues one guy once told us let's be careful out there when it comes to some of these crazy college football rumors my name is brandon adams and this is dog nation daily the daily podcast for georgia bulldogs fans hello to you and thanks for being with us no matter how you get to us today live on video 945, first and 15 DogNation.com, nation.com dog nation app 10 a.m facebook youtube twitter twitch Radio Noon, Athens Sports Radio 960 RF, and as a podcast wherever you find them, including the worldfamous dognation.com. We are happy to have you with us as a part of the program. We'll get Mike Griffith here coming up in just a few minutes. A lot going on around UGA. Want to cover a lot of those bases there with Mike when he pops on in just a bit. Before we get ready to do that, though, I do want to do a quick version of Around the Dog House. It's furnished today by our friends at rooms to go and you know we're kind of in a cool era of college football right now where i think there are obviously more opportunities available for players than ever before because of name image likeness things like that but that opportunity also extends to the fans there as well because as players look to maybe cash in on their worth and their value as in some cases the schools themselves help create paths for the players to be able to do that it creates opportunities for fans to get closer to players or have a connection to players they've never had before you know one of the things that in recent years for instance been kind of hard to do is it's actually been pretty hard pre-NIL for a Georgia fan to get a Georgia players autograph because the program's so popular. You know, when I was a kid, I've told you this before, like picture day was one of those things where you come stand on the practice field, you can hang out for a few hours. You can pretty much just stand there and talk to whatever player you wanted to. I used to take, get like these big posters, get the whole team to sign them. It was pretty easy to get almost every autograph, post for pictures, whatever else you wanted to do. I don't know, just back in the 90s, things were just a little more casual like that. But gosh, now if Georgia had a full on picture day, you'd have eight gazillion people there. And I know in recent years, pre-pandemic, when they did have that, it's a little bit of a logistical challenge to to manage that, to deal with that. So, you know, pre-NIL, it was almost un heard of to be able to get a player's autograph because there was also the weirdness of hey what happens when these things get put on ebay or whatever else and you know uh so there was just kind of a restrictive culture around autographs now in the nil world it's pretty common to see uh, you know even georgia players you know out and about signing autographs from time to time you can kind of get that that's an opportunity that exists for fans that didn't kind of exist before and maybe another example of this there as well whereas like in the past if you want to go to the UGA bookstore somewhere like that and you wanted to get a georgia football jersey you kind of had one choice, right? It's almost like they had one number each and every year. Like for NFL fans, you could NFL shop and you could get, you know, customized jersey, pretty much anything that you wanted. There are a lot of band phrases and things like that. But, but, you know, if you want whatever player you want to get, you pretty much get that. The NFL had that available for you for a long time. College football just kind of really hasn't had that. They just hadn't had the infrastructure in place to do that. Well, now, in the nil world apparently that's changing a little bit let me show you this uh, on the screen for those of you watching if you're listening i'll describe it to you so georgia puts out the tweet yesterday you can say you can put the champs on your back coming fall of 2022 so they're going to start offering a chance to get a customized jersey made you can get whatever name you want obviously that player's number you can kind of get the full deal here and i think that's really cool i mean uh, it is a chance to get player jerseys that you just kind of wouldn't have been able to get in the past. And here's what my hope is. My hope is, is that I really think of Georgia fans as kind of a educated fan base. They're pretty plugged in, you know, paying pretty close attention for the most part. And, you know, if you go to like the average NFL stadium, it's like 95% of the people have the quarterback but i sort of think for georgia it may be a little different than just the one obvious name like there'll be a ton of brock bowers of course uh and and last year you know you kind of know who you would have seen a lot of but don't you kind of think of Georgia fans, once again, use last year as an example. Like you'd have seen a, a lot of Jordan Davis. I know I probably would have been wearing a Jordan Davis if I were the kind of person that wore wore, wore a jersey. Jordan Davis would be my pick. And a nose guard wouldn't necessarily be the most common pick for a lot of teams around uh, and a lot of fan bases around the country. But it wouldn't just be that. I mean, wouldn't you love to see some Channing Tindalls? Wouldn't you love to see some Quay Walkers? Wouldn't you love to see some some Lewis scenes? You know, some of the guys that are, are, you know, contributors and I don't want to say role players, because that almost makes it sound pejorative. But but, you know, not necessarily the most obvious choice, not quarterback, not running back, not wide receiver, but the guys who are really making the strong contribution to winning. This is one of the things I'm hopeful hopeful that we see if this is going to become a really popular thing. And I hope that it does. And I hope the players themselves get a chance to cash in on this some. But if this is going to become one of those things where, hey, we see a lot of customized Georgia jerseys in Sanford Stadium on game day, what I sort of hope is, is that you kind of have the full gamut of this. I'm hopefully that you see a lot of different names represented, a lot of different guys represented, you know, showing some appreciation for. All of the players who help contribute to those victories. I said before, you know, guys like Tyndall or guys like, you know, a Devontae Wyatt. I mean, how great would it be to have a Devontae Wyatt, uh, uh, you know, jersey in a situation like that? You know, saying, I'm a Georgia fan who knows what's what. I I know who really is helping UGA win all these games, and it's more than just a small handful of players. I'm I'm hopeful, hopeful that we see a lot of these jerseys showing up on game day next year, and I hope Georgia fans show their appreciation for the full. I guess, width of the roster when they uh, do that. That's around the doghouse. It's furnished today by our friends at rooms to go And by the way, speaking of making a, a variety of choices, obviously rooms to go certainly the one that'll help you do that. You know, a lot of you had folks over for the big game this past Sunday. A lot of you excited about the upcoming spring. And, you know, this is the time of year when you start thinking about spring cleaning or something like that, getting your home ready for the warm weather season. Well, never too soon to start thinking about that at Rooms2Go, because if you just need kind of a freshening up of your look, whether it be the individual piece of furniture or the entire room, this is what rooms to, to go can do for you. You can start your shopping experience online at Rooms2Go.com. Of course, that's the word two spelled out T-O, Or you can go to the store and in person and kind of sit on the stuff or lay on it, feel it, touch it. That's what I like to do, whether it be dining room stuff or outdoor, you know, for the patio, children's bedrooms your own bedroom living room whatever else rooms to go can help you get furnished up the way you need to for the individual piece of furniture the entire room after all that's what they're famous for that's why they're called rooms to go you can check them out today and you can do so in store or online rooms to go.com great to have them furnishing around the doghouse with us here today all right before we're done there's some interesting stuff out there on name image likeness can't wait to uh, touch on all of that and you know once again still not quite providing me with what I wish we had in terms of some actual tangible specific stuff on exactly what's going on. I think this topic still remains a little too mysterious for my taste, but we'll do some of that here in a little bit. Uh, A former NFL great has taken Matthew Stafford to task in a very weird way. We'll touch on some of that before we're done on today's show too. And a very surprising team within the SEC is off to a fast start in recruiting. We'll cover all the bases on that there as well. But for now, on everything going on with UGA, still looking for a coach, uh, getting ready to start spring practice, all kinds of uh, pieces being put in place to get going on the 2022 season. Let's get ready to talk about all of that with Mike Griffith here on Dog Nation Daily here today. And uh, we'll get Mike here coming up in just a moment. Get rock and roll with him. Sorry for the delay on that sorry for holding you up, but we'll take some more of your comments. I'll also say this too, I've been you know, telling you on video, hopefully, but try to keep you up to date on all that. I do have vacation coming up. Now, we're going to have a show each and every day. And I would say that we're kind of about probably 60 so percent of the way done uh, in terms of well, about, maybe about halfway done in terms of getting all these recorded right now. These are going to be some of the best vacation shows we've ever done. Uh, i really put a lot of effort into this because I want to serve you well while I can't be here with you. And I'm always grateful that you allow me to take a little bit of time away from doing the show. We don't like to take a lot of time off. You know, we don't like to go dark on this show uh, very much just because I like the idea of the daily connection of of serving you uh, there that way. So we can't be here. We try to do right by you and have you a good product out there. So I think some of the vacation shows we're doing are going to be some of the best that we've done. And we've worked really hard to make that the case. So I can't wait to see you there. Uh, on those here coming up in just a little bit. That'll be this Friday and then all the following week, Monday through Friday. So, a lot of the same stuff you come to expect. Still hear from Mike Griffith, uh, Connor Riley, Jeff Sintel, Terrence, and John, and all that kind of stuff. We're going to cover all of that uh, for you throughout the next week. A lot of look ahead to spring practice, but that's going to start coming up on Friday. So, we'll do that there then. All right, for now. On everything going on with UGA, let's cover those bases. It's Mike Griffith today here on Dog Nation Daily. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Uh, We'll say hello to Mike Griffith here on Dog Nation Daily. Of course, great to have him on the program. Uh, Mike, I'll bring you in on what we were talking about just before you joined us, which is I think it's kind of cool that – you know george is going to allow these customized jerseys to be made it's not the kind of thing that we've really seen in uh college football a lot over the years if you're a fan you kind of had the one jersey choice and it was always going to be kind of the most obvious choice and so if you were a fan that wanted the jersey everybody else who wanted the jersey had the exact same one that you did now there's a little bit more variety a lot more options out there you know we've talked a lot about how the nil era can potentially benefit the players but this is also an example where it kind of potentially benefits the fans there as well, that as a way of making some money for the players, the needs of the fans I think are, in this case, getting served in a little bit better way.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, although I, I wouldn't say, I mean, couldn't fans have just gotten their names put on by themselves? And I suppose that probably would have cost more. It's a little bit easier you now to order who you want. I, I just wonder how many Kirby Smart jerseys we're going to see. You know, Brandon, I did a little poll asking, you know, who would be the most popular, and you could probably guess – which player is winning by a landslide. I only put four choices up there, but I think the most popular is pretty obvious. But I'll bet you Kirby Smart – I'll bet there'll be some Kirby Smart jerseys out there too.
0: Well, so it is fairly common to see the Kirby Smart jerseys now, but to be technical, to be fair, um, <laughs> if you're going to have the Kirby jersey, uh, those in the past have been kind of the bootleg variety. There are people online. Now, I'm not
1: <laughs> – listen
0: <laughs> – I don't officially condone anything like this, but there are people online that offer the uh, chance to make a very close facsimile of a Georgia Jersey. And that's so when you see the 16s in the stands, that is what you're seeing. You are seeing someone who is taken upon themselves to uh, be a craftsman and make their own Jersey. So the official position here on dog nation daily is that folks should not do that. And that everything that folks wear of the Georgia variety should be officially licensed. But I have been told that there are people out there that do do that. So just to be clear, about see that.
1: now what I would do, like, and, and I don't have any player jerseys. But if I did, I if I were George, I would get smart and then one, kind of like a a word play, like smart one, okay, number one, smart. You know, I, that that would be that's how I would do it. That would be my my clever way of of, of being a cool George. But there's a lot of fun names on the team too, right? I mean, it's you know, I mean, look, just Ringo's name. Just the name Ringo, I mean, the fact that he made the game-crunchy play is one thing, but I think everybody likes that name Ringo. I think it's a popular name. I
0: think that's right there as well. And, you know, one of the things I've said about Georgia fans is – you know, Georgia fans kind of have, I believe, a reputation, justifiably so, of being pretty savvy, of being pretty sophisticated, that, you know, you go to NFL stadium, you see everybody has the same jersey. It's all the quarterback or it's the, you know, the top running back or, you know, whatever else that a place like Georgia where the fans are, I believe, watching the game so closely, like if this was a year ago, you know, not only would you have seen some Jordan Davises and, you know, uh, you know, guys like that, but, you know, hopefully, you know, Channing Tendall or Lewis Scene or 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 players that were in kind of a contributing role not necessarily the star guy not the guy that's on the cover of the media guide necessarily but someone whose you know uh to the team was was just as valuable as anybody else then a season like last year had these jerseys been available my hope would be that you would have seen kind of a varied taste amongst Georgia fans of uh, of who you would have you know seen show up on Sanford Stadium
1: I, I agree. And, and I think for the really forward thinking, I want to see the Georgia fans show up at the G-Day game wearing Manning jerseys. Now that is an aggressive move
0: yeah that would be pretty clever I, that, that would be pretty clever now if you go to the nfl shop you know there are a lot of band phrases i'm guessing that uh maybe for now um you know uh, uh promoting a prospective student athlete it's it's hard to know if anything's an ncaa violation anymore but you know uh promoting a uh, prospective student athlete may still be an ncaa violation but that's a pretty good cool, that's a pretty good idea though uh mike i kind of like the idea of that hey let me transition to something else for a moment there have been a lot of chatter last few days about George's search for what we i assume is as a defensive backs coach you know there had been a report about zach etheridge then he kind of went on twitter and said he's staying at auburn there had been some chatter about mike reed the very well credentialed clemson defensive backs coach who i guess some of that seems to have now fizzled out a uh, bit here what can you tell us about the ongoing search for what we think is going to be a defensive backs coach there at uga
1: you know i i don't want to think that budget's got a lot to do i i kind of want to see how these salaries shake out brandon you know I, I think we're expecting to hear the salaries in the next day or two uh for you know i think the todd munkin negotiation i kind of i'm kind of eager to see that um you know i'm not really sure i think it's got to be the right fit and and i suggested a, a while ago when i think we've talked about this the last couple of weeks now that kirby is not one to rush these defensive hires he's, he's much quicker on the trigger on the offensive hires But on the defense, I mean, this is somebody that's got to be able to work with him every day, assuming it's a defensive ex-coach, which, again, you know, who's to say, right? I mean, I'm not sure. Do they have a special teams coach right now? Does he want to go back in that direction? Could him and Will split those responsibilities like him and Mel Tucker did in 2017 and then that frees you up to hire someone else? Or, you know, to the point I think you and Connor had made, you know, you've got five DBs on the field now the majority of the time and that, you know what's really a three-three-five or a four-two-five. Maybe you need that extra guy. So I, I, I'm not sure where that's at. But what we do know is that Kirby is not one to rush these decisions, and and there'll be a, there's still plenty of guys out there that want to come and work for Kirby Smart. But I think it needs to be the perfect fit, and and that may be shaken out, and he may be talking to you know multiple people about you know potential different uh, position coach opportunities and the
0: point that i've also made on this as well which is that you know and i'm gonna speak as a fan here for a moment that i don't get stressed out if a guy like etheridge was rumored to be in the mix and then he says he's staying at auburn or a guy like mike reed was rumored to be in the mix and then additional rumors come out saying no he's actually not going anywhere i don't get too stressed out about that because i'm a big believer that if you're doing a coaching search and you only limit that search to people that you no will say yes that won't potentially use your interest to get more money somewhere else or to have a chance to kind of flex when they decide you know to stay or whatever else That, that that i think that sometimes that we those who care about college football be it fans media whatever else make too big of a deal of a coaching search that lasts longer than five seconds or a coaching search that includes more than one or two names some of which kind of fizzle out before they turn into anything i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with Turning over every single stone. And I don't think there's anything wrong with hey, let's find out if this guy there's some you know so there's some upheaval in the Clemson staff for the first time in kind of a long time. Let's find out if that maybe uh, causes you know this guy to want to leave or you know at one point in time you thought the Auburn head coach may be going. Does that make one of their assistant coaches want to look around a little bit more? I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, coaching staff in this case, Kirby Smart doing that. It's very hard to keep anything a secret in college ball anymore. And if that creeps out and it becomes public. To me, it's no harm, no foul. What do you think about that?
1: Oh, I don't think it's any harm at all. Um, You know, I think that it's good that there's a lot of interest. I think it's good that, you know, Georgia could be looking at a lot of different candidates. And to your point, I I think it's really typical. Uh, You know, I I think you got to ask yourself this for this position, too. If it was a secondary coach, you're not really coming to Georgia to retire as a DB coach based on the track record of people that have worked under Kirby Smart at that position. And this will be the fourth DB coach in the last five years, if I'm not mistaken. So you're basically coming here for one stop, maybe two years, three tops, and then you're moving on to the next. And it's a, and it's a parallel move, probably, um, you know, or, or maybe even, if you know, knowing that, the, you know, where George is at, maybe it's a former D coordinator that would have to take a half step down. To work on this staff, so it, it's a position. If, if it is indeed a secondary coach position, and I don't, I don't know that we're sure about that, but I think it's a lot to think about on both ends. I think Georgia does pay competitively, but but to me, the the underlying theme here is Kirby wants to find the right fit, and we've been through this before. Um, you know, they, they, Corey Raymond was a guy when he was at LSU that, that Georgia was involved with a few years ago, and you thought, boy, that's it, but it just it just wasn't the right fit. He teaches differently than Kirby does. Right. And, and Kirby wants people that are going to do what he tells them to do. And, and, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think Jamal Adai was necessarily in lockstep on some teaching methodology. So I think Kirby's going to take his time with it. I think a lot of names may be interested in, but, um, ultimately I think you just got to trust that Kirby's going to make the right moves because, you know, he, he really has, I mean, he's made some really good hires.
0: No, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Brock Bowers' news here this week. You know, obviously, we knew he was dealing with uh the the issue going back to the you know postseason in january that had been talked about amongst kirby smart i think the general thought is hey you know you've seen the labrum thing keep n'kobi dean off spring practice a year ago and clearly that didn't bother him once the season began and george is obviously very deep the tight end position other guys get their look now maybe more deeply certainly fans will get a better look at them on g day without uh brock bowers being there but what do you make of the brock bowers injury situation right now and the door this opens up for some other tight ends
1: well, we knew that there, that there were multiple injuries, you know, after the season. I think we talked about it at some point that he was probably going to miss parts of spring. We just didn't know to what degree. And at the time, we were being told that he was going to see if he could try to go through it without surgery, obviously. Um, you know, that, that decision has been made now after probably some, some PT time, um, you know, but, but Georgia does a great job of getting these guys, you know, back on the field. You mentioned the Kobe team. I mean, that's a prime example. Certainly Brock is a, a guy that knows the playbook well and a, a proven commodity. And, and, and you're right. I mean, there's a silver line to this. And then it gets, gets other people some reps and, you know, Darnell Washington in particular, now Darnell was heavily targeted by JT Tanya last spring as well um but i i think he needs some love i mean i think this is like i think darnell washington is the guy george is still fighting to keep i mean he's sticking around for spring but uh there's no guarantee he'll be there in the fall so i, I think this is a, a, an opportunity like you said to get some other guys to work particularly darnell and see if you can keep a uh, big zero in the fold I'll
0: finish up with this you got a piece of a dognation.com right now about george's returning production or at least on the defensive side of the ball the lack thereof and I think one of the things that going to be very interesting about Georgia, and you see this right now in some of the preseason chatter about Alabama and the fact that, while well, Alabama is also losing a lot off its offense, and you know, big time receivers are gone, and there is this the assumption: well, Alabama is still going to be Alabama that they'll replace whether it's Jermaine Burton transferring in or whatever else. They're going to replace departed guys and be good at that spot because that is what Alabama has a recent history of being able to do. And on the Georgia defense, I think it'll be interesting to see if the same thing proves to be true there as well. Now, over the course of the Kirby Smart era which dates back to 2016, you don't really see an example of a bad Georgia defense. The 2020 season was probably the worst and that, you know, who knows how the pandemic impacted that, it didn't really seem like many people were playing defense very much across the board at all, you know, uh yeah. back there that season. But the point is is that can george establish uh a similar level of credentials in that folks seem to know that alabama is always going to have a great offense because that's always what alabama does can kirby and will Muschamp and glenn schumann and the uh, defensive staff here can they take a situation where there is no jordan davis there is no Devontae Wyatt, there is no trayvon walker there is no Nicobe dean lewis seen some of the great players in recent UGA history all gone and find a way to maybe not match the historic level of that Georgia defense but certainly create a top shelf defense once again to me that's going to be in terms of the the preseason conversations and the the lack of returning production that's going to be one of the most important conversations I believe that happens around this program
1: yeah and and I just you know a couple things one you know, I reflect on Kirby talking about how they were behind everybody else in the portal, right, because they played so deep into the season. So that was one thing, uh, you know, that Georgia wasn't early on some of these transfers that, that other guys – and I think, too, you know, I think Kirby really does want to give everybody uh, on the team a shot at it the spring and kind of see how it shakes out before he really – addresses the needs and and i think there's probably players in other programs that kind of want to see how things go in the spring but i I would really be surprised brandon if we didn't see one or or at least at least one if not two veteran players for a defensive front seven transferant you know there had been some some smoke around uh you know, some, uh, you know, a talented Clemson defensive lineman, maybe you have an interest in Georgia. You wonder, you know, how does that play out? You wonder where, you know, could NIL be fitting into this? Could it take Georgia? Cause Georgia admittedly is a little behind others and, and how they're handling the NIL. They haven't been as aggressive as some other schools. And, you know, we've talked about it. We we don't want to believe that NIL is a make or break situation to get a key player, but I think it is a factor, and I think at Georgia, they're a little behind on, on how they're – not not tremendously. I don't, it's not breaking the program or anything. But, but they're not quite as aggressive as some of the other schools, maybe Alabama, and, and how they're able – or Florida, and how they're able to land these transfers. But I'll bet you that by the end of spring, if Kirby Smart has a couple few players targeted, that there'll be some deals in place, and they'll be able to get who they want. So I'm not panicking. I I recognize, you know, the same weaknesses you do. You've been talking about them. Really, even since before the end of the season, we recognized this front seven was going to lose a lot. And now you just see it in black and white in that article. You're like, oh, my goodness, 122nd in the nation out of 131 teams in returning defensive production. That really is stark, Uh, even with Beal and Christopher Smith and Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith coming back. So I think Kirby will answer those questions as needed in the portal. But first things first, I think he wants to give a lot of these incoming players and some of these returning players the opportunity to win these jobs before he addresses them with transfers. So
0: we'll finish with this then. If I were to make my list of positions that I think are most likely to have a transfer eventually added, you mentioned you know front seven. I would say edge rusher, you know that outside linebacker type role. That's a place Mm -hmm. where I could see Georgia maybe looking to add a veteran. My next position probably be wide receiver. And then if I guess I had to add a third, I might think safety. I would go edge rusher, wide receiver, safety. If I were to ask you, not necessarily rank them, but just a small handful of positions where you think uh, most likely that Georgia would be looking to add a transfer, are your positions the same as mine?
1: You know, I, I think a corner. I think I'd like to see a veteran corner still. I, I know Ringo finished well, but I think I'd like to see a, a veteran cornerback would be something I'd want to see, a locked, another Darian Kendrick guy. And, um, you know, I, and I'd like to see another defensive lineman. I'd like to see a veteran defensive lineman, particularly if you can get a superstar, you know, which, you know, again, there's been the buzz about that. You know, the receivers, I, I feel pretty good about that. Um, you know, obviously the tight ends are strong. I think the running backs are good. I know Kirby mentioned numbers, but you know you've got five now and and I'll tell you, and I just, I've, I've heard this just from a few people and I don't know if there's any steam whatsoever behind this Brandon. I'm just going to say that I'm going to warn you, this is going to be one of those left field ones that sometimes you cringe, but I've heard people ask me, are you sure JT Daniels is going to end up transferring? I, th- I think he is. I think he is. But I've had a couple of people say, what if he decided to stick around? I don't know. It's just that one's out there. I don't have any information. I want to be clear on that. But I have heard from a, a, a couple few people start to speculate. And I kind of shrug and go, eh, I don't know. they were after Caleb Williams. I don't know if that's the same thing or not
0: well that is certainly very interesting mike i appreciate your thoughts on all of that and of course we look forward to reading you coming up in the next several days at dognation.com you're also good enough to share some time with us yesterday as a part of one of my vacation week shows for next week i certainly appreciate that so uh certainly uh, appreciate your time here and uh whatever happens the rest of the way here spring practice around the uh, corner <laughs> we will be uh following it wherever it goes i appreciate it brandon thanks man thank you mike take a look around the rest of the league this is sec through all right we'll transition here getting ready to cruise around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean and i am cruising myself here coming up there as well now still a part of the dog nation cruise coming up in april which i'm really excited about but got my own royal caribbean cruise coming up i I need a vacation i I just need one so bad and listen i love doing the show every day like i got the greatest job in the world i do truly believe that there's no job i'd rather do other than you know talk georgia football to all of you each and every day how could you not love doing that but (laughs) I've also done it now many consecutive days, so looking forward to a great vacation. We've actually got a great week's worth of vacation shows. It's going to start this Friday, going to extend the following week after that. Probably some of the best pre-recorded vacation shows we've done. Mike Griffith, some good stuff from him, the entire cast of Dog Nation folks, a lot of this geared towards the start of spring practice, Oh so boy, oh boy, you better believe I am excited about being on my own. Royal Caribbean cruise coming up, I'm going to tell you all the details about that, too, because it's just going to be so much fun and i cannot wait to do all this with you and for a lot of you you are also going to be planning on joining us for the dog nation cruise there as well and we are so close to being able to do all that with you. coming up april 25th to 29th on independence of the seas so we're going to be going to perfect gate Coco Cay. going to be going to nasa on the bahamas going to be doing so many fun things right there so many of you have already been booked up you're ready to go others of you are like hey i'm ready to do this there now as well so when you start seeing and hearing about some of the cool things that i'm doing Uh, it's going to, I think, get you even more excited about getting a chance to do some of this with us there as well, because the only thing better than taking a Royal Caribbean cruise is taking a Royal Caribbean cruise with all of you to hang out and, you know, sort of show you some of the cool things we do around dog nation, some of the fun stuff around uh, all of that. So we got some great stuff coming up with you there. So check out the cruise and vacation authority, TCAVA.com that's TCAVA.com or give them a call 770-952-8300, 770-952-8300. 300 we're going to be on the independence of the seas in april hanging out with dog nation and just having a good time. So cannot wait to have you on board. I'm very excited about my own ship here coming up there as well. This is just a great time of year. Get some get some sunshine, enjoy the uh, gorgeous ports and Private islands, perfect day, cook, okay. Everything else when it comes to Royal Caribbean. And of course, if we're booking a Royal Caribbean cruise, whether it be the Dog Nation cruise coming up, my own cruise, you better believe I'm leaning on my friends, the Cruise and Vacation Authority, because they know the Royal Caribbean choices and the variety. They know all that very well. So you can check them out, tcava.com or 770 952 8300. right, let's dive in here now. Let's go cruiser into the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And. There's was a very interesting piece at the Athletic yesterday by David Ubben. Is Ubben Ubben? I'm not quite sure how to say his last name, but he's writing about the collective that's being formed to benefit University of Tennessee athletes. And what this basically is is like a like a pool of business leaders and creating a fund that can actually even be contributed to by even small scale donors. Uh, that creates a large pool of money that can be siphoned in the direction of Tennessee athletes. Now i've told you that hey i want to see some substantial on the record factual reporting about name image likeness with all due respect to uh, up in here at the athletic this to me does not rise to that level i want to give you a specific reason why so in the story at the athletic uh the one of the leaders of the collective for tennessee is quoted and he's saying hey you know this thing is going to be 25 or 30 million dollars that's how much money we're going to have in this fund to support tennessee athletes but in this particular case how much money we are going to have is doing an awful lot of work like that's just such a grandiose claim maybe that turns out to be true but that is a projection on the part of someone who would maybe have a little bit of an incentive to make him sound make himself sound like a big shot while talking to a reporter this does just not not rise the level of being a fact but in terms of the money that this collective which has existed has already paid out to tennessee athletes that was the kind of thing. And it's a subscription article. You would have to obviously pay for it to read it. But if you read the article, that's what you'll see is when it comes to, well, how much money did you pay Hinton Hooker? Oh, we don't want to talk about that. Now, that's the, the the quarterback obviously had a very good year. You know, we're going to keep that a secret. That We don't want our competitors to know how much money we're offering here. And that's what's got to change. Now, listen, you can't force a guy to talk about what he doesn't want to talk about. But, you know, hearing your grandiose claim of what you're going to do while sidestepping the chance to tell me what you already have done that's not helping the name image likeness conversation and it creates a big juicy headline of how big this is how many millions of dollars are supposedly going to be thrown around in the future but it's just absent the kind of facts one of those things where, like when i read an nil story i'm scrolling through to to find the facts and you can just scroll from the beginning of the article to the end and all you see is conjecture and you know grandiosity and and whatever else that there is just so little on the record and i can't tell If this is just media who's kind of cheerleading for this story, and so therefore anything that kind of sounds juicy in a headline, they don't want to ask too many questions because they don't want the value of the headline to go down, or if they're just being tripped up by words that have meanings they ought to understand better. For instance, there's a collective that has already been established at Texas, and if you read a lot of stories about this collective, once again, a bunch of business leaders pooling money together as a way of supporting Texas – you find out that, oh, it's already got $10 million worth of commitments from Texas boosters. But the word commitment here is just a fancy way of saying pledge. And the word pledge, for anybody who's ever done a church campaign or anything like that, will tell you that pledge is just a fancy way of saying I owe you. In other words, ask UGA when it comes to its own, you know, like uh, McGill Society and things like that, what the difference between pledge donations and actual donations ends up being. And there's usually a pretty big gap in between all that 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 even in cases where you think you have a factual statement about nil when you actually dig a little deeper you find out well no it's actually not quite maybe what it was purported to be now you may say well b why do you care like like why does it matter what is and isn't real when it comes all this kind of stuff here is the concern that i have is that there are a lot of people who want radical change to college football they don't like the system they think the system some sort of tyranny And they want to topple it. They want like a a year zero style reformation for college football where everything that's old is completely tossed into the trash and everything that's new starts over again in some sort of cultural revolution. That's what they're that's what they're hoping for. And I think one of the tools that people like that would potentially use in their toolbox is, well, my gosh, this NIL stuff's already as crazy as it is. What does a little more change Well, what's the difference? Might as well just bring even more change given how crazy NIL actually is. But if you really look deep at what's going on in college sports right now, what can be substantiated on the record, what you find out is that for the overwhelming number of college football players, NIL just hasn't had much of an impact on them at all. And yes, there's this wild claim about, you know, Bryce Young being worth two million dollars, or, you know, Tennessee is gonna have thirty million dollars, or AM's already had thirty million dollars. But nobody on the record's validating any of this, and no one's got a paper trail supporting any of that kind of monetary stuff whatsoever and ultimately as I've told you a million times before that if you're a coach big state you and you're trying to run your team and keep guys happy keep guys in the program the biggest threat to your stability as a coach is not the fact that another program is going to pay them money to leave it's the fact that there are rumors and reports out there of all this money being thrown around and players starts to worry well gosh if so-and-so is getting this money why am I not getting this money but when you actually dig deep you can't even find all that much evidence that that so-and-so has really even gotten that much money because ultimately the kind of nil deals that seem to be the most common here are are the kinds of things that might have a monetary value free meals at a restaurant or chance to drive a car or something along those lines but actually not cash payment folding money into your pocket and i just think we gotta have a little more on the record substantial reporting about what's going on and so far the people who've tried to give it to I don't think it's quite risen to that level just yet. All right, uh, a couple other stories here real quick. This is going to be an interesting curiosity. Guess who is off to a very fast start when it comes to the 2023 recruiting class? If you go to 247sports.com, if you look at their composite rankings, you see Georgia number two, no big surprise there. Notre Dame's at currently number one, which they obviously won't stay there, but give them credit for that right now. But guess who's number three? The Arkansas Razorbacks with Sam Pittman number three in the 2023 recruiting cycle right now. They've gotten a good number of big time recruiting wins. Now, kind of a weird anomaly in the fact that They've got three four-star tight ends committed to the program, which is kind of interesting. But they also got a big commitment yesterday from Quincy Rhodes, a four-star edge rusher. Uh, Yeah, there you go. Quincy Rhodes out of North Little Rock High School. Now, listen, there are not a ton of big-time prospects from the state of Arkansas. So when you get a chance to uh, get a big-time prospect, you look to do that. Uh, But uh, Rhodes here, four-star edge rusher committed to Arkansas. So Sam Pittman, nine-win season a year ago been a pretty good you know factor in the recruiting portal or should say the the transfer portal for the most part you know it seems like they've probably done a little better in terms of who they brought in than they've lost and all of a sudden now doing what gosh knows like i think you can make case that uh arkansas uh pittman's predecessor at arkansas chad morris may have been the worst recruiter of head coaches in recent sec history so pittman's pretty clearly changing that uh pretty quick so that's kind of nice to see one more thing real quick here there is all kinds of turmoil going on at conference usa where I don't know that league is even going to exist anymore. So you've got Marshall, Old Dominion, Southern Mississippi. Uh, they are all, I guess, leaving for the Sun Belt, and they're trying to do that now. And. There's all kinds of, you know, UAB had kind of funny tweet about this. There's all kinds of thought of, okay. so as they're trying to accelerate this process and, you know, the Conference USA is trying to play hardball on this. Like, what is the future of this league in general and how quickly is all of this unraveling? Uh, You know, it's kind of below the radar of what we typically talk about here. But you've gotten used to Conference USA being a thing, you know, given all the departures of the league to the Sun Belt not quite so I'm not sure how much longer that's going to be true so with that will make that cruising around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean let me also transition this for a moment so we've talked a lot about Matthew Stafford this week and great Super Bowl win uh great validation of his career after really spending a long time on a losing team there in Detroit I think the thing that's actually been the coolest to see about Stafford is the way in which so many folks who had a connection to him in Detroit seem to be happy for his success there in L.A. Clearly Lions fans have rooted for him, which is kind of a nice thing to see. But you saw a great message, for instance, from Calvin Johnson, who had kind of a cool take on the hey, from one yellow jacket to a bulldog, congratulations on winning the Super Bowl. Like a lot of Stafford's former Lions teammates seem to truly be very happy for success, which ultimately that may be the biggest validation of who Stafford has been as a player more than anything else. The fact that people who played with him are happy to to see him leave and go somewhere else they seem to be you know really happy for him on that if you want to go back for a moment to when Stafford came out of high school class of 2006 and I think I've said this on the show before that he was already pegged as a future number one overall draft pick in the NFL and turned out to be that and after all this time has kind of validated that draft status by now being a Super Bowl winning quarterback he's like top 10 all-time in passing yards it's just been a a really sensational career. And the fact that he has stayed so well adjusted seemingly through the entire thing, I think that speaks really well of Stafford. I think I would think that was true, whether he was a former Georgia guy or not. But obviously, in the world of sports, we can't just keep it at that. I told you one of our other shows earlier this week that what sports fans have a tendency to want to do is we want to argue about things. And Arguing about sports is our way of showing love for sports, but sometimes those arguments just sort of seem ill placed and maybe ill timed. And maybe Stafford's been the unfair recipient of some of that right now because in the aftermath of Stafford winning the Super Bowl, there has been some chatter. And I think that his coach Sean McVay actually accelerates some of this. But hey, maybe Matthew Stafford's supposed to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame now. You know, as I said before, huge stat line for his career, now a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and that's going kind to of create this conversation where all of a sudden now. What started out as a celebration of Stafford because sports fans are going to argue about stuff. Now it turns into a little bit of a refutation of him a little bit and kind of all of a sudden now he's getting his name dragged through the mud. It's, it's so bizarre. Uh, Richard Sherman, of course, you know him former great defensive back in the NFL. He's got a podcast, I guess. Who doesn't? But uh, on Twitter this week, he also got some attention because really made a strong case for why he believes that Stafford does not belong in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Let me read this here for a moment. This is Matthew Stafford on Twitter. It says, I'm going to talk about this in the podcast, but the Hall of Fame bar right now is incredibly low like a participation trophy. No all-decade team, no all-pro, no MVP, one Pro Bowl, not even the MVP of the Super Bowl. Never considered the best player in any year that he played. At least Matt Ryan has an MVP. That's Richard Sherman weighing in in a forceful way on uh, Matthew Stafford. Leave this up for a second if you don't mind. So let me just say this. There is one thing that Sherman says here that I do think is worth consideration, which is that the Football Hall of Fame and the candidacy for the pro football hall of fame is a little bit different than like say major league baseball or basketball or something like that in that football has designations that other sports kind of do not really have like there is really no difference between being a major league baseball all-star and it's like you could be a voted as a starter by the fans you could be selected as reserve we don't really know the difference in all of that basketball kind of the same way i guess you get the all nba teams in, in basketball but i don't really quite know you know there's like three of those But football does have like an all-pro team. That's different than the Pro Bowl team. You know, you got eight gazillion Pro Bowlers, but you got two All Pros each position. So there is a designation there that's a little bit separate than just the -the run-of-the-mill All-Star Pro Bowl type guy or whatever else. MVP in the NFL has always mattered, and you know things like that. So Richard Sherman is right. The football has got some benchmarks in place to judge greatness that other sports might not really have. I think the timing on this is just all wrong. It's like save your hot take for something else. Save it for your podcast, but don't pollute it on Twitter and get all the Skip Baylesses and Stephen A. Smiths. Now you know trying to you know take what should be a celebratory moment for matthew stafford and kind of all of a sudden now kind of you know drag his name through the mud about maybe why he should not be in the hall of fame i I don't mind telling you i had never considered matthew stafford as a pro football hall of famer before he won the super bowl i don't mind telling you that you can take that down now i'm all done with that i I, I don't mind uh i don't mind telling you that that i never really considered that prior to all of this But, you know, the idea that all of a sudden now we've got to use the Super Bowl win for Stafford as a springboard to talk about what's wrong with him as a player. To me, what's wrong here is uh, Sherman's insertion of himself into a topic that ultimately doesn't really have anything to do with him. And then I guess one more final point on this, too, and then we'll wrap up. As I get a little older, too, I'm just a little bit more open to inclusive Halls of Fame. You know, I used to be maybe of the belief that uh, Sherman is that letting more people into the Hall of Fame watered it down. I don't think that's true anymore. I certainly don't think it's a participation trophy because you're still talking about a relatively small number of players to have played the game. Like, is the baseball hall of fame made less if Dale Murphy's included? I would say no. The same thing for Andrew Jones, there as well. And I'm sure there are a couple of names like that from other sports franchises that I don't care as much about who their fans kind of make the same kind of case. Is that you know, as time passes, we just have a tendency to forget some very good players or some great players who played the sport, and if if, if being in the Hall of Fame allows their memory to be carried on a little longer, then to me, more power to you. I mean, it's a museum after all. So, you know, reducing the number of people that you celebrate in that museum, as I get older, that starts to make a little less and less sense to me. One quick thing before we wrap up here today, oh, don't forget about our friends at BetUS, moving into basketball season and college and pro and whatever else uh you can always get some action down with our friends at bet us and take advantage of a great offer listen honestly getting ready for the the big tournament coming up in march or as I said before you know action around the nba as you head towards the postseason there Always more fun to watch the games. you got a little action down on the games. And always great to start your betting process with more money in your account than you even put it there yourself. That's what BetUS does for you. BetUS.com for more on that. Promo code DN125. The DN stands for Dog Nation. Uh, Use the promo code DN125 and you get 125% sign-up bonus. That means you put in money. BetUS puts more money into your account to start with than you did. You are literally a winner before you even win your first bet that's why BetUS has been so beloved, America's most beloved sports book for more than 25 years. And you can find out yourself when you open your account. BetUS.com, promo code DN125. Make sure you take advantage of that today. All right, we'll wrap up here with a uh, golden shoe. Of course, our buddy Eddie always loves that. You see the gorgeous painting of him there on our wall. And of course, uh, golden shoe time. The way Eddie got started around here was the idea that Somehow, Georgia was some sort of blind squirrel program who was lucky to have found a nut. Well, guess what? Georgia's the running national champion now. Been dragging Florida for years ever since Dan Mullen, who's, by the way, nowhere to be found, ever since he said that. So let's give a golden shoe today in honor of that very point. Uh no golden shoe. Okay, so I guess we don't have that for today, but nonetheless, had some fun stuff related to that uh, a little earlier, and so uh, we'll check that out then. By the way, how about Gator Hater Updater? Lousy, stinking Gators. Boy, long times they won a national championship. 4,787 days. 4,787 days. And our Gator Hater Countdown, Georgia back in Jacksonville, 255 days from right now. Getting a win against those Gators then. We'll see you tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily. Talk to you then, everybody.